When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, we are finally here. Pittsburgh Steelers football, by the next time we talk to you, will have occurred. Yes, sir. Is the Steelers fix. My name is Andrew Wilbar alongside Jeremy Betts. Jeremy, how's it going today? What up? It's going good. It's been a productive weekend, and I am excited for the week ahead. It's my last week before I go on a nine-day vacation to Florida, and I'm so pumped Ooh. for that, baby. Let's get to it. Which part of Florida? Uh, we're going to Central Florida, um, Tampa area, I believe. So, awesome. uh, big old uh, beach house there, and uh, I'm going to stay with the in-laws. So we'll see how that goes. But you know, I'm excited <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, it's big enough to where we can have our own space a little bit. So okay, that's good. That's good. Yeah, not man. too confined. So right, right. Yeah. So I'm taking the teenagers from our church to camp this week. Um, so by the time you are listening to this, I will. Be, be dead. um <laughs> we'll see <laughs> uh, yeah. if now we know if we have if you have somebody else other than me next week doing the podcast you know that something happened that's right so, yeah. <laughs> uh regardless there was some big Steelers news that happened this week there that was. we want to discuss because we're going to be talking about him in the second half of our show Ooh. and that is one Deontay Johnson getting paid it was a two-year extension for a approximately $36 million. So over the next three years, he's been making about $39 million. He is locked up through 2024. Deontay Johnson, Jeremy Betts, what is his feeling on Deontay's new contract and maybe how Omar Khan is doing after the signing? I love it. I think it was absolutely perfect for the Steelers this for this player. And and here's why I say that the Steelers are in transition at the most important position on the field. And that's that quarterback, right? We're well-documented into that transition period. So no need to talk about those guys, but as it relates to Deontay and the remainder of the offense, when you've got a guy like Johnson, who is productive, who gets open, he often gives quarterbacks a chance to make an easy completion, right? With his style of play and how, how well he uh, performs as a route runner. I think that the Steelers locking him up through the next two years, or I'm sorry, the next two years following this year. So we've got him through 2024, like you mentioned Um, that square in this transition period, giving whichever quarterback Mitch Trubisky in 2022, Kenny Pickett, 2022, 2023, 
you know, Mason Rudolph, whatever happens here at quarterback, it gives them somebody reliable, another reliable face, uh, a guy that they can become accustomed to and get and get to know very well, a guy who makes plays in the building, locked up while these guys are continuing to grow into the position. And for Kenny Pickett, I think this is huge because Deontay Johnson plays a style of football that Kenny Pickett can very much take advantage of with the quick first read. He's open. He he separates early in routes and maintains that separation. Uh, so I think it's a really good signing for the Steelers. Now, Deontay Johnson, I don't know. Um, seems like he settled a little bit for the timetable, I would say, um, but also gives him a chance to hit free agency again before he uh, gets out of his prime. So it uh, could be a good deal for both sides in the long run. Yeah, I, it's not as bad as what I thought it was because obviously I was against signing Deontay Johnson long-term. I, I think right now the fact that the receiver market is so high, I mean, at some point it may not crash, but at some point teams are going to realize you cannot pay $25, $30 million even to an elite mm-hmm. receiver, even with the salary cap going up. You have the elite left tackles, you know, getting, what, $20 million a year? Yeah. You have some mid-level quarterbacks getting $20 million a year. Both are by far more important position than wide receiver and obviously it's not like running back where it's a regardless position i mean you have to have receivers but you don't have to have one at 30 million dollars to be a successful team right uh so you know it was not as bad as what i thought i thought it was going to be 20 million dollars or more just with deontay's agents using you know the christian kirk deal as you know kind of you know well is deontay not better than christian kirk yeah uh i think that overall i'll give it i'll give it a b because it wasn't ex- yeah. extremely long-term. I didn't give it an A because I still think it would have been best for the Steelers to trade Deontay. Because really, if you look at his numbers, he's not that efficient. I mean, he, he's not going to see 150-plus targets regardless of who is the quarterback. I don't care if it's Mason Rudolph, Kenny Pickett, right. uh, Mitchell Trubisky, Chris Oladokun. I mean, he is not going to see that many targets. Um, so his numbers aren't really going to go up unless he improves efficiency. And I just – I mean, it's possible because the you may not have stacked boxes this year if the quarterbacks can hit some passes downfield. Um, but I don't see his efficiency just going extremely through the roof, like doubling his efficiency, anything like that, um, which really is what he would need to do to live up to a contract of the caliber we were expecting it to be. Um, so I think it's an okay contract. He's reliable. He's the most reliable receiver the Steelers have. Yes. But I wouldn't go as far <laughs> as to say as it was a great move. Um, Omar Khan did better than what I expected, but um, definitely not what I was told for. Just because, I mean, what do you think the Steelers could ideally get? And we've talked about this before, but what do you think the Steelers could ideally get? You've got to think with the way receivers are going right now, top 40 pick. I mean, you got to tell me that teams like the Chicago bears would be looking into adding a receiver to help out Justin Fields. I mean, there's a lot of teams still in need Dallas of wide who has a real problem Dallas, with wide yes. receiver right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree with you there. I think the, the reason I like it is because it, it gives the Steelers a chance to see a couple more years from uh, Chase Claypool and see the beginning of the career of uh, George Pickens before they have to decide, Hey, is DJ still, our number one guy. And uh, I'm, I'm, I would expect one of those two guys to really break out in the next two years. And if that is the case, then Deontay Johnson, though an expensive uh, player in 2024 uh, could be somebody that they choose to find a trade partner with at that point, or, uh, you know, maybe write it out through his contract, give him a chance to hit the market. And then you pay a guy like Chase Claypool or George Pickens to stick around. So i like the aspect of that. And then also it's, He's getting paid as the 17th highest wide receiver contract in um, 
when you include the extension there. So I think that that's kind of right in the sweet spot as far as where he's at as a receiver. I'd say a top top 20, top 25 guy potentially, and you always overpay a little bit to keep a guy in house. So, uh, you know, I can't complain too much about the numbers. And I'm a Deontay Johnson fan. I think he's a good player. I think he's a good route runner. I'm glad he's a, a Pittsburgh Steeler. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we'll obviously we'll see what happens. Um, but just to, to see how much the receiver market has grown, compare that to the amount <clears> of money that the Steelers gave Antonio Brown, yeah. who is a much good, better receiver. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. I think it's just a span of a couple of years how much Boom. the market has risen. But yeah. we're going to get into a quick preseason preview. The Pittsburgh Steelers are facing the Seattle Seahawks on Saturday evening. Super Bowl 40 rematch, baby. Yeah, I, I, I would love it if t- television networks tried to brand it as that to try to get people to tune into a week one preseason game. But oh, the, somebody will do it. Absolutely. 100%. Oh, yeah, definitely. And there'll be enough people to fall for it. I, I run a lot of the Twitter and Facebook <clears> stuff and I see some of the commenters. Right. Um, we love you regardless. Just, you know, Geno yeah. Smith to avenge. <laughs> yeah. Se- exactly. Seahawks lost to Steelers in 2005. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe that would be a good idea for some. Uh, tweets and posts this week yeah absolutely keep no. it up man. Uh, <laughs> which would be the best which would be the best headline to use uh but regardless uh it's gonna be interesting to see um we're not gonna see dk metcalf and deontay johnson but it's yeah. interesting to think how closely they were um being drafted obviously dk's become a better receiver but still um interesting to compare that wide receiver class which was absolutely stacked absolutely. having so many receivers that have developed and become great receivers in the league um from that draft but uh, just looking at this game, Jeremy, what is something that you are looking for real briefly? What is something that you want to see in this game, whether it be from the quarterbacks, whether it be from a certain position group, what, what are you looking for? What do you want to see happen in the Steelers first preseason game? Well, other than the obvious, like the quarterback rotation, seeing Kenny Pickett hit the field, I think we're going to get a good dose of Kenny Pickett in week one, which is going to be a, a big deal. And Steelers nation will tune in. I would say you're probably looking at this being maybe the most watched Steelers preseason game in a long time. So uh, the Yinzer nation can get a chance to see KP eight as uh, Jeff Hartman likes to call him in action. But, you know, I think we'll see all three quarterbacks that potentially have a chance to start. Don't know how long. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Chris Oladokun is, doesn't necessarily have a chance to, to start necessarily, you know? So the three guys that are fighting for the starting gig, I would say we'll see all, three of them in, in some kind of action. Uh, but outside of that, I think I want to see, I want to see the Steelers uh, running back room. I want to see how the guys behind Najee Harris make a statement. And I, I'm looking for a guy like Jalen Warren, who's been the buzz of camp uh, at running back to show that he's better than Benny Snell to take this thing by the horns and and win the job a guy like that i'd like to see uh master teague fresh off being signed see what he can bring uh as a steelers potential uh undrafted free agent steal this year you know he was a guy that you and i were both high on as an undrafted rookie after he fell through the whole seven round process you know uh so i'm excited to see those guys uh i think i would focus on them probably as as kind of the thing I'm looking for in this preseason game outside of the quarterback. Yeah, and when you mentioned Master Teague, if he would have gone in the late, even the late third, but really the fourth early day three of the draft, it wouldn't have phased me at all. I would have been yeah. like, you know, hey, if he gets an opportunity, man, there's a lot of potential there. 
but you went completely undrafted. I could not believe it. And the fact that he hasn't made with the teams, I mean, I can get some people that say, well, he's not on a team for a reason, blah, 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 blah. This guy has talent and this right. guy has potential. My dream running back room for 2022 for the Steelers is Najee Harris one, Anthony McFarlane two, and Master Teague number three. You have that power back at the back end of somewhere to happen to Najee, and you have the perfect complement to Najee. You have everything you need in that wider seat, in that uh, running back room, excuse me, to be successful. Um, but, you know, you mentioned other quarterbacks. I am looking at Chris Oladokun. I mean, oh, everyone is man. talking about how Mason Rudolph is looking so good in camp. And, I mean, it, it's a long shot, I know. But we've also seen Mason, you know, he's played well in the preseason. But we've also seen other quarterbacks play well in the preseason as well and get opportunities. If the Steelers keep Chris Oladokun on the practice squad, I don't give it more than a 25% chance of him staying on the practice squad the full season. When you have backup quarterbacks go down, get injured and practice, different things like that, he's going to get a look. It was a shock to most people to see him fall all the way to the seventh round. There was a lot of buzz about Oladokun weeks headed up to the draft. You know, you heard teams like Carolina and several other teams that had interest in him. They took quarterbacks earlier instead, uh, but – that was a guy they had their eye on a guy who could have easily gone a couple rounds higher. So I don't think with the amount of buzz that was surrounding him at draft time, there's going to be another general manager who's going to believe in his potential. And Shannon white has mentioned, you know, comparison to Dak Prescott, when you watch his game, he is throwing motion is similar to Dak Prescott, Mm -hmm. the way he moves in and outside the pocket, a lot like Dak Prescott. And we know that none of us really expected Dak Prescott to be anything at this level. He was coming from an air raid offense. Mm -hmm. He was not NFL ready, uh, but he came in after injuries you know, I'm, I'm not hoping that any Steelers quarterback gets injured. Don't t- get the wrong impression here. But if somebody goes down, that opens the door for Oladokun. I mean, we, Jeremy and I talked to him. I'm not trying to be just biased because we, you know, we talked to him and we want to see him have a success. But this guy does have some potential. Yeah. And I think he deserves an opportunity. And if he gets put on the practice squad, I don't think you're going to see him ever play in a Steelers uniform. Mm-hmm. I, I would at least say that the odds are against that happen. Yeah, it's definitely possible. I think a guy with dual threat ability like that is what teams are looking for. And if he can show that in the back end of the fourth quarter of a preseason game against four, fellow fourth stringers and, and even some third stringers. And uh, then I think maybe he gets a shot in the f- upcoming weeks at practice too. And, you know, you see uh, maybe some development there. And then, like you said, if he hits the practice squad, hits bye-bye Chris Oladokun if you're, uh, if you're the Steelers most likely. So I think they're going to have to be smart with that. And, uh, but we'll see. It's, the Steelers are in a tough place, but potentially a good tough place with their quarterback room, if uh, they're if they're three guys in front are all playing pretty well, and then maybe you got somebody who's got some value, and then you keep a guy like Oladokun on the on the team as the third quarterback to uh, get some development going on there. Uh, on the defensive side, oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say real real quickly on the defensive side. I'm looking at the cornerbacks. I want to see if anybody takes a step up in that cornerback room. Um, James Pierre and uh, uh, Justin Lane, have we seen everything we're going to see out of those guys, or do they have one final thing to show us that they can be somebody that fills a role on this defense? I think you're going to see very limited Levi Wallace, if at all. You might not even see him at all because I think he's banged up right now. Um, I think uh, maybe Akello Witherspoon gets out there for a few snaps, but you never know. I think he's probably uh, going to see a lot of action from the sideline in, in this first game as well. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to see that, that back end, how that shakes out. And uh, there's so many versatile guys on this, in this secondary um, that I think the Steelers could be very good. I think their depth is better than their overall talent at the top end, than their top end talent, if you will. 
Uh, Trey Norwood is another guy I want to see in his second year. What kind of player does he look like? So excited for that cornerback and safety room going into one name to keep an eye on at corner is Chris Steele. Chris Steele. Yeah. Undrafted free agent. We talked about him after the draft and he is a guy I was not again every year. That's my pet peeve with the Steelers. I have a lot of them, but one of them (laughs) is the way that we evaluate talent undrafted. I am never usually a fan of the way the Steelers go after undrafted signs. Very rarely do we go after any priority guys. Um, I know some of these guys have an option, um, but I believe the Steelers were willing to, you know, just use a hundred thousand dollars more money um, during that process. They could do a lot better job bringing in some high profile undrafted guys that could make this roster. Um, And there's always a bunch that fall every year, every year. But Chris Steele is one guy who I did have a draftable grade on. Um, if any undrafted free agent that I can think of, obviously you have Jalen Warren there as well, yeah. but I think the person who has the best chance of making this roster of any undrafted free agent is Chris Steele. I believe you're going to see his athleticism pop a lot. Like we saw with Justin Lane in his first preseason, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was a big fan of him coming out and we saw in that first preseason that he was involved in, he showed a lot of flashes. We saw some of that potential. Um, and he just, he's kind of gotten buried on the depth chart. He hasn't gotten a ton of playing time and you can still go back to, I believe it was 2019, um, either 2019 or 2020, uh, when Justin Lane, when we were the Steelers were playing the Buffalo bills on Sunday night football, he blanketed Stefan Diggs. He did. He wasn't on him for a ton of the time, but we've seen Justin Lane play at a high level yep. with Chris Steele here, a guy who doesn't have as much draft pedigree. Did Steelers didn't invest as much capital into him as Justin Lane, mm-hmm. but a guy who has similar talent and a guy who has a similar play style. Keep an eye out on Chris Steele. If he makes some big plays, I mean, he's already ahead of Pierre and Lane on the depth chart. So he's obviously doing something right in training camp, even though we haven't heard a whole lot. If he impresses in uh, the first preseason game, I can say pencil him in as a guy who's going to make this roster um, at the back end. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to see him play too. And speaking of the depth chart, why in the world is Calvin Austin sitting sitting at the fifth string wide receiver on the – and I don't know if he went, if he tried to go and visit Kevin Dotson in his doghouse and tried to steal his bone and Tomlin's punishing him for that. I, I mean, man, I this is worse than Kevin Dotson. This is worse than Devin Bush. This is worse <laughs> than some of these guys that Tomlin's thrown under the bus. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of a tangent there, but you know, depth chart came out and it kind of had, it had a few wonky things in it. And that was one of the first things I, I recognized. So the Steelers first depth chart is always interesting and different than the rest of the league. They just yeah. do things differently, but not to fear Steelers fans, they will figure it out within the next month before the season begins. Well, this time we're going to take our break, but when we come back, you know, we talked about some fantasy sleepers the past couple of weeks. Well, now it's time to look at the other end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. We're going to tell you some guys you need to avoid because we think they're going to be busts. So don't go anywhere because these could save your fantasy drafts that's coming up. So be sure to stick around because we'll be back right after this. It is the Steelers fix. Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts Yo. breaking down some. Bu- oh, I almost said sleepers again. Oh, yeah. Some nope. anti sleepers, some guys who are not being slept on guys that are actually being taken too high. Another word you could call them is busts. We That's talked right. about Great some busts. busts in Canton this week. 
Um, this is not the same type of bust, exactly mm-hmm. the opposite of what you want as a player and exactly opposite of what you want as a fantasy manager. So we're going to break down the quarterbacks and wide receivers this week. And then at some point, uh, either next week or the following week, Jeremy and I will break down uh, our running back and tight end sleepers. But Jeremy, quarterback position, this is difficult because there's a lot of good names at the top. It's hard yeah. to find a guy who's going to be a true bust outside of injury. But who are, are there any guys that you were able to come up with that you think are going to underperform this year based on their ADP or maybe where they're being taken? Yeah, I got two guys that kind of catch my eye as players I'm avoiding uh, when I'm looking at quarterbacks to start for my fantasy team. And uh, the first one is Kyler Murray. Just got a big contract. We know this. Um, the Cardinals view him as a player that can take them places. But if you're looking at it, his his ability from a fantasy football perspective, obviously you're looking at the rushing floor. He's got that, right? He's got the ability to run the football. He's one of the better runners at quarterback that we've ever seen. Um, but outside of that, you got to start looking at what he's got around him down there in Arizona. And it's looking pretty shaky at wide receiver. DeAndre Hopkins isn't going to even be on the field until week seven after serving a six-game suspension to start the season. And then we just learned this last week that Hollywood Brown got himself into some trouble, speeding a little too fast on the highway. I know he's fast on the field, but, you know, you can't be taking that everywhere, especially on the road, criminal speeding charges and uh, uh, an arrest for him. So we'll have to follow that closely. But, you know, that wide receiver room, behind those guys it looks a little little shaky and uh you know Zach Ertz is there at tight end so you've got somebody who can who can still play at tight end a little bit but the Cardinals look to me like a team that's going to try to run the football uh that's what they're going to try to do James Connors there you know Benjamin and uh, they look like a team that wants to run the football and then use Kyler's legs to their advantage on play action and things like that but they're going to have some struggles especially early on and if you're looking for a fast start out of the gate as a fantasy football manager, Kyler Murray might be a guy you want to avoid because he's going to have to be Superman in order to put up the numbers that you're drafting him. Currently, quarterback five. That's ahead of guys like Jalen Hurts, who I think mm-hmm. has a chance to be incredible this year. Yep. Uh, that's ahead of uh, of Tom Brady, who's going to be a part of the, the heaviest pass offense that we may ever see in football. Or the the oldest show on turf at this point. There you go, the oldest show on turf. I mean, there's other guys back there too that he's ahead of that. You know, I, to me, Kyler Murray is outside my top 10 quarterbacks right now, and that's not a knock necessarily against him. It's what he's got around him, and uh, it's going to be tough. They have a tough schedule as well, tough defenses. In their division, they've got to play the Niners, Tough D, the Rams, tough D, and then they go outside the division. They got to play the Saints, tough D. I mean, you're talking a tough schedule for this guy as well. So, and that some a lot of those games are within those first six games where he's not going to have DeAndre Hopkins at his disposal. Kyler Murray could be a bust this year. Yeah, that's it's it's interesting. I didn't put Kyler Murray on my list only because I think his rushing ability gives him enough of a floor to not necessarily be a huge bust, but seeing him fall outside the top 10, you know, that's not out of the question really. When you think about it, um, the, I only have one guy on my list, so I'll hand it back to you in just a second, but Joe Burrow is a guy that I'm a little bit concerned about one. He's coming off surgery. 
Two, his mm. ADP is 54. And three, he's going against the fourth toughest schedule for quarterbacks based upon last year's numbers and what we know. Obviously, a lot of things change from year to year. Um, but he does not have the easiest schedule. I know mm. he has all the weapons. <clears throat> he should have an improved offensive line. I think his upside is massive this year. Yeah. If he can put everything together with the offensive line, because that's what he didn't have last year. Putting that together with his weapons, he has the chance to be a top three fantasy quarterback easily. But, I, I mean, he is probably one of the most boomer bust quarterbacks this year right. because there are some unknowns with his health. Um, apologize if you can hear my phone going off. I've got about a 1,000 other people trying to contact me with different things right now. Um, but, yeah. Uh, nonetheless, Joe Burrow is a guy I'm avoiding only because I love the depth at quarterback again this mm-hmm. year. I mean, if you can find – I mean, Jalen Hurts, I think, is a great value right yeah. now. Absolutely. Especially on some sites, NFL.com has them higher than some, but a lot of the other websites that you have them out there, they've got them as like QB eight, QB nine. That is, yeah. that is getting away with murder. If you can get him in like the seventh or eighth round, I mean, this guy has a legitimate shot at being a top two, top three QB easily. Yeah. Um, I think his rushing upside gives him enough of a floor. Uh, but yeah, Joe Burrow is a guy I wouldn't take quite as high. Mm-hmm. I have him as like I think it's like my ninth or. I think he's my ninth quarterback overall in my rankings right now. So not an entire bust, but not a guy I think he should be taken as high as he's being taken. But I know you have one other guy before we move to the other position. Yeah, and it's kind of the same story as Kyler. It's not necessarily about the guy uh, himself, uh, and that's Big D's Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, good quarterback, right? I love Dak. I think he's a very good quarterback and uh, a great story in the NFL. In the NFL, <coughs> excuse me. Not a lot of guys taken outside the first or second round uh, that pan out at quarterback. And so uh, we're talking a guy who fourth round pick ended up starting very early because of injuries in his career. And he's been so super consistent and very good for them. But you're looking at their wide receiver room like he did with the Cardinals here just a minute ago. And you've got CeeDee Lamb, who I think could have a big year in fantasy, right? You and I both agree on that. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, Michael Gallup isn't going to start early in this season because of injury. And uh, James Washington has a broken foot, right? So that's putting him out for a significant amount of time as well. And uh, so the Dallas is basically rolling out there saying, uh, we think Jalen Tolbert are, well, uh, what round was he drafted in? The fourth round, is that right? Or Something like that, yeah. yeah third. Our, I, I think it third, might have been the third. Yeah, third round rookie a wide receiver from a, a small school is going to come in and and be our our savior at wide receiver too. Uh, I'm not sure about that. And they do have Dalton Schultz there, who I think is going to be a good player in fantasy as well. But still, you're looking at Dak Prescott, who's got Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard, two guys who could be very good this year at running back. And uh, you got to think, can Pre- is Prescott going to run a little bit more this year since he's uh, since he's a year removed from the the devastating knee injury and uh, or leg injury, I think it was, but still that's a, that's an unknown at this point. So he's being taken as the uh, seventh quarterback in uh, by ADP in most leagues in the consensus, according to fantasy pros. And uh, I think, you know, guys going after him, (laughs) Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Trey Lance even could have better seasons than, uh, than Dak Prescott this year, just based on the cast around him. Yeah. Trey Lance is a guy that if you get like a Jalen hurts with good value and put him on as a backup yeah. and that is a really good room. And if you get any, if they it, both end up breaking out and you have two excellent QBs, 
Yep. You can trade one of them. Right. Sean Watson's six game suspension holds up. I have him actually in Jeremy's league. I have him and Lamar Jackson's. That gives me some flexibility in trading um, to be able to move him uh, to maybe a team who ends up having a quarterback injury during the year and needs a quarterback just to survive. You can get, I mean, high profile wide receivers and high profile running backs for a quarterback. I know we don't draft them as high as the high profile guys, but their importance gets more and more crucial as the year goes on. So there's definitely something you want to have just for trade value in and of itself um, is huge. Um, But Jeremy, we're going to move to wide receivers. Um, We're just going to run through these real quickly. Um, Who are some guys? I think we both have three that we had talked about. One of them, uh, we had a, you had a fourth, um, which is one of my three. So we'll discuss that one, but go through your other three guys that you think uh, fantasy guys should avoid. Sure. I'm just going to list them off here. Um, AJ Brown, who's, projected in PPR leagues as a wide receiver 13 uh, DK Metcalf, who's projected as wide receiver 18 and Amari Cooper projected wide receiver 22. I've got concerns about all of these guys. We just talked about Jalen hurts in Philadelphia being a fantastic fantasy quarterback. Right. And I think that has a lot to do with his legs. And I think he will improve as a passer this year, but if you're looking at AJ Brown, who uh, you know, and I have to clarify this a little bit, cause I don't think he's going to be like, dropping out of the top 30 wide receivers, but right now you're most people are drafting him as a borderline wide receiver one for their roster. And I think if you're looking for consistency there as a wide receiver one, you could have an issue with a guy like AJ Brown playing with a run first quarterback, a guy that needs some development in the passing game and a team that is a run first team as well. That's going to be something to keep an eye on DK Metcalf. The quarterback situation is a mess there. I do not like the situation for DK. He's going to be a target share monster probably in that offense, but that offense isn't going to be very good. I think we can reasonably expect that with Geno Smith or uh, Drew Locke as the uh, heirs apparent in uh, uh, Seattle behind uh, Russell Wilson, who left for Denver. So I do not like DK Metcalf or his uh, cohort there at wide receiver, uh, Tyler Lockett this year. And then Amari Cooper, Cleveland quarterback situation is a mess. Um, I think Jacoby Brissett can be a quarterback who can help win football games when while Deshaun Watson's out, but I don't know if he's a guy that's going to feed Amari Cooper to the tune of uh, wide receiver two numbers, especially early in the season. So I would avoid those three guys uh, as you look into um, your wide receiver room for this year, especially at their draft values currently. Yeah, Metcalf is the most interesting one on that list because, like you said and stuff, with the quarterback changing, that's probably going to hurt a stock. The one glimmer of hope is that Drew Locke, when Cortland Sutton was healthy, he did develop a good chemistry with him and started targeting him more and making him the focal point of the offense. I think the hope for fantasy managers is that Seattle gets behind early in games. They have to throw the ball a lot, and DK is the guy that Locke kind of holds on to because I definitely think his DK's chances of breaking out or even or returning to a form from two years ago is greater than Tyler Lockett's um, just based on Drew Locke's tendencies is uh, what he prefers, but, or Geno Smith, it could be, we don't know that Drew Locke is going to be the star. They like Geno out there. They do. Um, so we'll have to wait and see, but my three, I have Debo Samuel. Um, I know that his contract situation is taken care of, but his quarterback situation is changing and Jimmy G he's an, See, Debo's one of those guys that if the system doesn't change for Trey Lance, and it's still Kyle, I mean, Kyle Shanahan's going to run his system regardless. But if Trey Lance can break out, Debo's going to be one of the best in fantasy football. 
but it's going to take time when a young quarterback comes in, you can't expect Trey Lance. to put up Patrick Mahomes numbers the first week that he's out there. Mm-hmm. He's not exactly. Patrick Mahomes. I think as the year goes on, you could see him having a breakout season. I think it's definitely possible. Um, but Jimmy G was the one who has that chemistry built in with Debo. I think Brandon Ayuk is a guy uh, who has probably a little bit better chemistry with Trey Lance, just like when the Steelers had injuries at quarterback. Well, Ben Roethlisberger was here. And when you saw Landry Jones come in, Antonio Brown's numbers plummeted. Mm -hmm. But you saw the likes of Martavis Bryant, Marcus Wheaton. You saw those guys' numbers go up. Uh, Eli Rogers, you saw those guys thrive when Landry Jones or whoever came in at quarterback was in there. It's because he they're practicing with the second team. So I think that's something that is going to affect Debo, at least early in the season. I would avoid him, especially since he's being drafted inside the first two rounds. I don't think you can take him that high. I wouldn't take him in the first three rounds. And then Deontay Johnson is the stealer that both you and I agree on. His yeah. ADP is 40, according to Fantasy Pros. He's not he, – the only reason he was that high last year was because of the volume he got. Even if he becomes – you know, let's say 20% more efficient, that's still not going to get him to the numbers he was because he's going to lose more than 20% of the targets that he got last year. It's just not, you can't count on that unless Trubisky really struggles to push the ball downfield and he just goes straight to check down passes like last year, in which case you're not going to see anything better than Deontay from last year because it's going to be the same story as last. So I don't see where there's any upside with Deontay Johnson to break out regardless of how it works because if the Steelers can push the ball downfield, Claypool and Pickens are going to be the ones that are going to thrive. If it's the same as last year, you're going to get a Deontay Johnson who's going to be a wide receiver two for you. I don't think there's any way he can break out and be a wide receiver one for your fantasy team unless you just have a massive load of injuries at the top of the wide receiver board and Deontay just somehow happens to break a few loose and have a few huge weeks to balance out his numbers throughout the year. So if you keep up with the website, I just put up an article about Deontay Johnson and what I think his potential – Production will be this year for fantasy football. It is fantasy profile on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, so I kind of, I, I agree with you 100%. I think he's a guy that has a, has a chance to, to really fall off a cliff here if the Steelers quarterback situation plays out to where they are focusing more on a deep-style passing game where – Uh, George Pickens and Chase Claypool are the focus and uh, Deontay Johnson. If he continues to be the underneath type receiver that we see, obviously he's going to need an impressive jump in efficiency to overcome the, the loss of targets that are going to come. So I still think he's, he's going to be a wide receiver that pushes a thousand yards potentially um, just the way that he should be, um, used in the passing game if the quarterback situation plays itself out to where these guys are serviceable starters at the NFL level, which I think we'll see that. But I don't know if he's going to be the guy in this offense anymore. So, um, so yeah, from a fantasy perspective, I, I think you're looking at a guy who, who puts up about 90 catches. I put down that he's going to do 90 catches for just over a 1,000 yards, but not as many touchdowns this year. I don't think he's going to be a – a guy who increases his touchdown production again, uh, like he has every year. So um, the Steelers have just so many more weapons in the passing game right now. Uh, we're, I mean, we can't just talk about wide receivers when we're talking Deontay Johnson. We got to talk about Pat Fryermuth, and we got to talk about uh, Najee Harris. Uh, we got to talk about um, Calvin Austin and and George Pickens taking snaps away. I mean, last year those guys were rookie Pat Fryermuth, uh, rookie Najee Harris, who turned out to be 
the Steelers second leading receiver as far as receptions go. Um, and James Washington and uh, Juju. Uh, yeah, Juju for part of the year, but really it was it was Ray Ray. Uh, Ray, Ray. Yeah, <laughs> the other double name there, uh, Ray Ray McLeod. You know, so I think that Steelers have improved uh, their depth at that position, and so there's not going to be as many targets to go around, and the team's not going to throw the ball as much because they don't have Roethlisberger. So you know, I think it all leads to a a, a regression uh, that could be pretty significant for Deontay this year. Definitely. It'll be interesting to see how, and I think the stature of the Steelers receiver room also works against them. You have a big George Pickens, you have a big Chase Claypool, you have a big Miles Boykin, then you have big Pat Fryerman. So I I feel like all those guys could see more looks in the red zone than what uh, he will see immediately. Uh, But going to the, my final one is just Jalen Waddle. And I already said last week, I'm avoiding the Dolphins passing game, not because I don't believe in it, but because I don't know who's going to be the hot hand. And I don't want to take a chance that that big that early. Tyreek Hill, if they're paying him $30 million, he's going to be the number one guy. Uh, They're not going to pay him that much money and not have him as the guy, which means Jalen Waddle is not the number one guy now. Uh, And he plays a similar role, a, a guy who thrives after the catch and who thrives deep. That's Tyreek Hill's role. Um, I think Jalen Waddle's still going to see targets. He's still going to see looks. Uh, he has a built-in chemistry uh, from his time at Alabama with uh, Tua. But I don't – I mean, his ADP is 44 right now. I think I think his ceiling is about exactly where his ADP would suggest right now. Mm-hmm. I think that's a ceiling. I think this is a guy that you probably want to wait until maybe the sixth maybe even the seventh round before you take a chance on him. If you go running back heavy early, maybe take him as your wide receiver too, but I'd feel more confident if he was my flex option and I'm not taking my flex option in the fourth or fifth round, like his ADP would suggest. I mean, you're looking at a guy like Jalen Waddle, who's the 16th ranked wide receiver, according to fantasy pros uh, consensus rankings. And so they're pulling from everywhere. And to me, a, a guy that's playing second fiddle in an offense with an unknown at quarterback, how good is he going to be? I mean, this isn't Patrick Mahomes we're talking about still throwing Tyreek Hill. Uh, so if so, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill together, um, you know, it's it's Tua, it's Tua. We haven't seen anything out of Tua to give us any impression that he could be a Patrick Mahomes like feeder of the football to these guys. So uh, will we see that this year? It's it's very possible. You know, we may you may be looking at two guys on the same team who could finish top 15 at wide receiver, but the odds are more likely that one of them or both of them struggle on a weekly basis to be consistent. So I agree with you there. Jalen Waddle was a guy I had uh, on my list a little bit further down than some of these guys that we talked about already, but uh, a guy that I could see um, having a, a regression type season from his standout rookie campaign. Most definitely. Well, Jeremy, do you have any other guys on your list that or maybe that didn't make your list? Anybody else you wanted to mention before we get out of here or you want to start plugging stuff away? So uh, Darnell Mooney concerns me a little bit just uh, because of the quarterback situation there and the lack of overall offensive talent. So I would be concerned if uh, if you're relying on Darnell Mooney to be your wide receiver, too, on a weekly basis. I don't know how that looks he was a guy I thought about as well and then you've got to look at some of the guys with injury concerns like Chris Godwin and and Michael Thomas and uh, let's see there was somebody else I was looking at Cortland Sutton who's coming off a big injury as well so you know these these guys that are good players are are 
players that at their peaks can be top 10, top five wide receivers uh, in fantasy, you know, I would say, you know, temper some expectations a little bit, uh, especially early on for some of those guys with injuries. But other than that, you know, we're, we're going to keep covering fantasy football on the website. I think you and me doing some stuff like that, continuing through that. And then obviously the fantasy or the Steelers fix will be talking about that. So yeah, uh, that's it for me, man, on, on this show. Be sure to check out some articles. Like I said, I'm going to be gone this week, but I already have some articles that were submitted um, for this week. One of them, I don't know when they're going to run, so just keep your eye out. Maybe they one of them already ran. Um, maybe not. Uh, but I have one article that is entitled uh, the three players with the most to prove in the Steelers game against the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. And then the three players who can lock up a roster spot uh, with a good performance against the Seahawks. So be sure to check out those two articles. Find Jeremy at the bets 93. Find me at Andrew underscore Wilbar. That is going to do it all for this week. We will see you next time on the Steelers. Bets.